Hi, this is Crew. I'm not a ceramicist, but I have used the restroom at Brooklyn Clay several times, and it's quite lovely. It comes included with membership or any classes you take. I'm told there's also ceramics involved. <laughs> Crew, you don't want to talk about state-of-the-art facilities, um, Laguna Clay in stock, or the best teachers in the city? No, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. And here we go. Welcome back to the Ceramics Podcast. I'm Gustav Hamilton. And I'm Cami Clamaco. Oh, your voice is beautiful. And I love Peter Volkus. Oh, you dirty rat. <laughs> I actually was uh, thinking the other day about my relationship to Peter Volkus. Because one time you were like, Cammy, shit talking this dead guy. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess. To be I clear, really... I don't have any issue with that. I'm sure I was just trying to poke. poke. I did think like, is it ethically wrong to speak poorly about the dead? No. Okay. So then I don't have anything to worry about. I say no. I okay. say 100% no. Karmically? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. that plugged in. I'm not that plugged in. <laughs> okay. All right. I think part of the reason that I'm making really big pots is because of Peter Volkus. I should be thanking that dude. Yeah. Uh, are, <laughs> are you going to start ripping big holes in them and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you imagine cool. you're like, the fuck? Yeah, I come in and all your pots are brown, but they're just brown with a cone six glaze on them. So it's oh. a really even brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I actually glazed something brown for the first time in 30 years. I hope you didn't use teddy bear brown because I... uh, <laughs> our previous guests had strong things to say about it. Right. That's gnarly. Um, no, I used a super top secret brown glaze from Brooklyn Clay. That is my favorite glaze at the studio. I think that's my favorite glaze of the studio. And it's a lot of people's favorite. Um, over at Brooklyn Clay, like there's about, I don't know, there's like a catalog of maybe 30 glazes, 40 glazes. And then they release, they meaning Gus, releases some. You and know, Sarah. Miss, oh yeah, Gus and Sarah. They like, yeah. are when, when they're doing their extensive glaze research and um they sometimes come across one and they make a bucket of it and put it out. Sometimes it's a mistake. Most yeah. of the time it's a mistake. So yeah, what what we really like to so we take on these um for for all the <laughs> listeners, I for the first time in my New York life, I think, I left my keys <laughs> at my studio and I biked all the way home, rode my bike, and I the whole time I was biking, I just thought can't wait to get in the shower. I didn't shower. I didn't shower yesterday. So, you know, I, so it was a two day and it was just like, I just want to get home, get in the shower, throw, the lo- throw some laundry in there in the laundry and then roast some cashews because I made a salad with roasted cashews on it this weekend and uh, just burnt the shit out of all the cashews. So oh, um, I want to make it again, but, and it says biking back. Happy, get the cat shoes in before blah blah blah. Get up, walk up to my door, hand in my pocket. There's a wrench in my pocket. Oh, 
which I'm assuming I, because I always pat, you know, I always pat to make yeah. sure. Got my headphones, got my wallet, got my keys. Oh shit! And there was a there was a small wrench in my pocket, and I think that's what I touched. <laughs> so then I had to go all the way back to my studio, Dang. and um, which has pushed us back, and also just. Um, now you're tired. Now I'm tired because I had because I had to bike twice as far, which isn't that far. <laughs> you take the glazes that you fucked up, and then Whoa. we're talking about the special beautiful yeah. glaze. There was like because it's a matte glaze, so it needs a ton of 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 uh, alumina in it. So we were using a bunch of EPK, and we got rid of some of that and replaced it with calcine kaolin. So there's less clay in it, but the same amount of um, alumina in it, which just means that it'll dry faster. Oh, oh, um, oh. yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, okay. so the stuff that's yeah. Um, but we also take our test our test containers, and we just <laughs> dump them into a bucket. Dump them, dump them, dump them every time. Because sometimes we'll mix. You, you know, when we're really trying to fine-tune a color we'll we'll mix like you know i don't i don't know 10 100 gram batches easy you know yeah. just you might you know do a couple line blends and a couple triaxial blends and and slowly like find your way but you'll have really often we're left with you know 10 containers that are almost the exact same glaze and but they're not really glazes that anyone's going to use and they're in small amounts. So we just dump them into a bucket and then every now and again, you just dip a tile and then eventually if it looks, if it looks good, you put it out. It's a limited limited edition. That's such a good, that's so good. But it did work against you and win one color that you've been trying to recreate, which is so like everyone fell in love with this orange, this like apricot color. Yeah. Now I got emails that are like, it, we named the glaze scooter and I get emails that say save scooter. <laughs> <laughs> like you try this job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> no, it is a really nice glaze. I don't, I, uh, I do want to add it to the lineup. I just have to, I need some time. <laughs> to that's figure actually, out what it is. Yeah. That's mostly Sarah has been the one kind of spearheading that project. And I've tried <laughs> to stay away from it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I was like, hey, where's the scooter? And you guys were like, uh, <laughs> we just well, dumped a bunch of junk. I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea that's what was happening. Nobody knows. Like, you just bring out the glazes and where they're like there. And so, like, people don't understand. I mean, a lot of people don't know, like, the millions of tests that you guys do just to make a glaze. You know, we could we could probably test less. I think that would be. I think if you talk to Sarah, she would say we could test less. Okay. <laughs> I think I think that's the general <laughs> consensus on the team, on ev- uh, from everyone but me. Um, I don't know. I think test more. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I I get to get to delegate a lot of it now, which is pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but when I was mixing, I I mixed. Uh, I mixed a ton of tests too. I still do sometimes. So now that you're a painter, I'm going to switch. <laughs> switch. Are you missing ceramics at all? Um, I miss building stuff a lot. Like yeah, I, right. I, I made a new piece yesterday, a clay piece, and it was really fun. Now you're going to be like, every clay piece is going to be so special because yeah. there's so few of them. Yeah, I, I like it. I think the 
best part is you just have to finish stuff faster with clay and it gets me out of my head a little bit it gets me out of the the plotting stages which is right now i'm about to start some new work and i in general don't draw very much but we were both uh really impacted by talking to to wade and christopher when we had the two of them on and both of them talked about how much they draw so since then i've been i've gotten pretty into drawing which is actually now a problem where I, I can't I can't seem to start any pieces because I keep redrawing them on my iPad. Um, oh yeah, so you've been like really getting into iPad drawing for real. Yeah, yeah, but it was just supposed to be a plotting, you know. It was just supposed to yeah. be, and but it's really it's really fun. It's really nice. It's you can sit in bed and do it. Yes, that's great. what I do. You can watch fast and furious five like i did this morning and draw (laughs) oh that's kind of awesome yeah are you drawing do you like have has that because you drew more than i did you know what i did i spent 65 dollars on sketchbooks because i found these sketchbooks and i was like these are the best sketchbooks i've ever seen and they're made by a company called holbein and they're only like 12 pages per sketchbook and they're like right on point and so I bought five of them because I was like, I know this is going to be my dream come true. And then and I started like getting really into it. And my sketchbooks are like, you know, they're very planned out. Like yeah. so when you like flip through, it's almost like flipping through a book. Yeah. I put a lot of time into them. Now that you're like in love with digital drawings, what are you going to do with all your digital drawings? I don't know. Then also drawing decals, like some of them are drawings to plan pieces out. But then the problem is I, I get too into them and I go too far. But, <laughs> um, and then some of them are decals, like will be turned into decals. But I think it sounds fun to do some kind of print or something. Um, a friend of mine is going to tell me, explain to me what NFTs actually are, because I don't understand. Okay. Or like, I just don't get it. Okay. A number of people have been like, you should make them into NFTs, but I think just prints would be better. Like, I mean, do a can, run of prints. I mean, you can make them into NFTs. You just put them on the blockchain or whatever. Oh, honestly, you could just ask Harris. Yeah. How to Harris? Yeah. Harris. Harris Rosenblum, who's on the podcast today, is working a lot digitally in ceramics as well as whatever the other thing that's not ceramics the, the is. The internet. I guess yeah. art. art. Computers. Digital digital art, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. How do we know Harris, Cammie? Oh, yeah. So Harris. Who who is he? So Harris. Other than our friend. He's our friend uh, now. So Harris, yeah. Sometimes people just listen to Stratus podcast, and then sometimes they write into us and ask us a question or this or that, and then we'll answer back. And then you just build a relationship, and then sometimes you're just on the podcast. Oh, what happened was Harris had like commented on our podcast or something. And then I noticed that he is attending my alma mater, Kent State University. Can't read, can't write, Kent State. As there like we to go. Call you it. beat me to it. You beat me to yeah. it. So I was like, oh, hey, what's happening at Kent State now? And so then... You bonded. So Harris like popped through New York over the summer and we got to meet him in real life, which is so fun, Gus. Like I love when that happens. Yeah. Someone that we interviewed on the podcast that we like all of a sudden get to meet, which is what happened with Hadia Williams. Yes. Like uh, she came by. Yeah. Uh, like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And we were, I was like, oh, 
I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. It was like the best thing that's ever happened. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, gee. Here's a... <laughs> so here he is. Harris he Rose Bloom. He's taller than you might think. Oh, right. You're just finishing up. Um, I'm going to pull it Wait, back in. No, let's, let's, let's just even go like, let's just go way back. Let's just go. Okay. Way back. Harris, how do we know you? From I the think, internet. I think it's because I'm one of like 10 ceramicists that is willing to troll and like randomly reach out and DM other ceramicists on Instagram. So I, I think you guys were posting something about like ladies on the ceramics podcast. And I kept sending you messages about like, they are the orcs of ceramics. Like, <laughs> yeah. Women are the orcs oh. of ceramics. And then I followed- That's because I was watching, I watched Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings yeah. for the first time like a year ago. Yeah, I think I actually gave you like a really detailed breakdown. Yeah, you did. Different yeah. characters in Lord yeah. of the Rings and how they map onto ceramics. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I totally I, forgot about that. I hope you should make a map and then we'll put it up. We'll put oh it up on Instagram. Yeah, I got to make an iceberg chart. Like <laughs> the as you get more and more into ceramics, like the specific types of blades, guys, are like the different, uh, like different elves or something. <laughs> but that, and then I followed Cami, and Cami uh, also is one of the ten uh, ceramicists on Instagram that will just randomly DM people, and yeah. she DM me and said, "Oh, you go to Kent State." What's up? Yeah, and then course. she started giving me teaching advice, which was very nice. Even actually, though yeah, yeah, but um, it was great. It was really useful. I mean, I, it very wasn't unsolicited. You actually asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, um, hey, by the way. By the uh, way, I can tell, even though we're in different states, that you're not teaching right. So, um, why would you say that misinformation? No, uh, you you had asked um, about teaching people with disabilities, which I had oh, done. Yes. Yeah. No, that was another time that you gave me advice, which was great. Oh really yeah. The, the, okay. Okay. Yeah. The first, the first time, time we talked, you were like gonna teach, you were like, I'm teaching tomorrow. And I was like, good luck out there. Don't barf. Like it was yeah. like yeah. the yeah. worst yeah. advice. Yeah. It was, it was fine though. It was great. Um, but yeah, that's how we met. And then you guys are just like really friendly and talkative. So we just talked through that. Um, and then yeah, we just met up in New York recently, which yeah. was great. And I got to see Cammy's sick studio and I got to yeah, see- Yeah, she's got a beautiful studio. Yeah, yeah Cammy, your studio is, a, is the coolest studio. Yeah, I'm super lucky. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to like declutter it. I try to throw out as much stuff as I can, but your studio, which you just did the, gave us a like view of like, what, like it's like 500 square feet or something. Yeah, it's big. It's awesome. And I use like none of it. It's amazing. Yeah. You literally you, are at home on your computer building all your work. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> you also share the studio with possibly the best studio mate of all time. I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. David's a great studio mate. He's yeah. like, he's always around. It's great. He's like always yeah. making good work. We like like working together too. So it's like he'll I don't know. There's, I think there's in some studio relationships, there's like animosity, but yeah. I think it's pretty, it's really good. And not only like, can we be good friends, but like we can also share ideas and stuff, That's um, awesome. which I think in a lot of places, there's like this competition or this like competitive energy. And there's not really any of that here, which is really nice. So like, 
I was working with OSB and then he was working with OSB and then the way that he was working with OSB, I started integrating into my work. And then there's kind of this nice back and forth sometimes, even though our work looks very different in the end. Also. Um, okay. So what are you in your second year or third year? Second year. It's a two-year program. Two-year program. I graduate okay. in the spring. Yeah. Nice. And your shit is fully funded, right? Like 100%. 100% fully funded. Applied oh is, What's yeah. that amazing. like, you guys? It is amazing, Cammie. <laughs> you got to try it. <laughs> I will say it's not enough to live on, but it's yeah. good enough. It's like no debt, which is better than, I don't know, yeah. better than debt. So it's good. Yeah. And, and we just get to teach too. So that's cool. Like money, which is great. Nice. What are you, are you teaching right now? Yeah. Ceramics one. Yeah. We're working on throwing right now. That's great. You guys throw in ceramics one. Yeah. So the oh. first half of the term we do hand building. We do like the historic vessel project that like everybody does. And we do two more sculptural projects and then um, one, one big throwing project at the end, which is like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. When I was there, you they broke it up into semesters. You got to do hand building for a semester and then throwing for a semester. Yeah. We do that with level two now, I think, but I don't know what the... Uh, um, you, go ahead, Cammie. No, I was just going to tell a Kirk Mangus story. On, uh, on my like, second... Is Kirk Mangus your favorite ceramic artist, you think? Me? Yeah uh yeah maybe like not yes and no like in some ways yes but he was like my mentor yeah like my very like you know like a father figure but he, on our second or second or third class he got out the book howl and just read from ellen ginsburg's howl all through class just like sat there and like read i was like Wait, uh, in what class in our ceramics one class because <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems I, like some serious like that's like a like a real serious art school move if you did it in like advanced ceramics, you know, or like. <laughs> well, he, he never <laughs> to do it in to do it in ceramics one. You like all the students are just like, dude, I don't know how to wedge. Well, man. that's like, like <laughs> that's like a little bit how it was, but yeah. I mean, on some You're levels, like, I don't it was even like understand what slip and score means yet, yeah, man. Put the was... fucking book away. And <laughs> some yeah, on some levels, it was exactly like that. And then on the other, you're like. He's the best teacher in the whole, you know. Uh, yeah, so I mean, just, I've, I've tried doing the whole taxonomy of Lord of the Rings during class. <laughs> they just like asked me for advice on throwing. So. Oh my god, I yeah. would love to talk about Lord of the Rings. That's like my favorite. How much? Um, because Harris, you're funny. Like we had lunch together, and it was really funny. How? Yeah. How much funny do you try and pack into your teaching? How do you think it's helpful? <laughs> I try, I, well, so it's hard. I, I think it's like a gradient. So like over yeah. time I become funnier to certain yeah. people. Um, yeah. yeah. And then if you're like not doing very well in the class, I don't think you think I'm as funny. Not because I like yeah. make fun of people, but because like, it's just like kind of, they just like feel like they're not in on the joke. But yeah. I try, I try sometimes, I tried a lot more last year and then I was like, oh, I gotta just like not do this as much. I can just like do this on the internet. So, <laughs> so when I, when I, when I met David, it was because I was his professor and I was very ill-prepared to be teaching. And because at Alfred, you don't, most students don't teach. They just TA. Yeah. And I was, I was just not ready. And I was 
not in a good spot to be teaching, but David was the seriously the only person he was my TA as well for a ceramics one class. And I would just, I would make jokes and the whole room would be silent, except David would like be in the background laughing. <laughs> and he was the only person that ever thought I was funny in those classes. You were like, was, is this thing on? Yeah. Well, that's what, like, is then it turned into me just like trying to make jokes that I knew would kill with David. And it well, would just, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, you really like Seinfeld too, though. So like situational humor is like funny, but it's, it's not as funny when you're like in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a retrospect yeah like when you tell the story later like the story the story of you bombing in class is really funny now no it's yeah. great yeah. yeah when you're like in it you're like oh my god they hate me and then you like go home and spiral for like the till your class goes again and you try to win them back oh. Ugh, um. gross okay since you're in grad school i want to ask some some grad schooly questions because I feel like the the number one thing that people ask me about grad school, like either people that are in it right now or people that just finished is like, did you hate it? And do you feel like it was worth it? And I want to know if you're hating it. And so far, if you think it's worth it. I don't, I don't hate it. Um, I think there are definitely parts of it that are frustrating. Um, like making work outside of, school uh there's just different considerations so like yeah i can just like do weird stuff in my work and like have it not make sense and there's a lot more rationalization that happens in school um which kind of sucks but it's also like good for me i think um and then i don't know yeah i don't know it's worth it i think it's uh, i mean yeah there's other there's other parts of it like i mean i went to grad school during the pandemic so Oh, yeah. I had friends who are artists who just like didn't go for a year and they just like reaped unemployment money for a whole year. And that's probably, it would, it would have been worth it to do that for like a year, just cause like the early pandemic when I was on unemployment was like, that was like the best artistic experience I had in my life. So if I could have prolonged that and then gone and done something like this, that probably would have been ideal, but otherwise it's good. I was yeah, kind of for- forgot about the unemployment thing. Cause Cammy and I more than once have said that the pandemic is the best time to be in grad school because you're not missing anything. Yeah. But actually, if you went, if you did, if you wrote out the pandemic on unemployment the first year of it and then went to grad school, that might that might be the ideal. Next time it happens, that would be the way to do it for everybody. <laughs> next pandemic. <laughs> yeah, next pandemic. Yeah. As, as um, Wade Tullier says. Yeah. But do you think... If you had to pay for the same experience you're having, would it be worth it? No, never. Dang. Okay. That was a very clear, concise answer. Yeah. I am always really careful with Cammy because she went to a school that costs money, but I, but I don't, I feel like it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to pay for it. Um, yeah. Nobody told me that. First of all, second of all, I, um, Everybody was just talking about how great Cranbrook was. Well, it also, like, Cammy, I don't know what it was like back then, but now, now there are so many schools that do offer tuition waivers and yeah. a stipend. I don't know if that was as much of a, I no. have no idea. The better, the be, the really good schools, like, you had to yeah. pay. Yeah. So then it might have been worth it. I guess I, you know, I only know, like, over the last 10 years or so in it. Yeah. Are you happy in the 
direction that you're going and you still like in an experimental phase? Yeah, I think so a little bit. Um, I think right now what I'm trying to work on is like becoming post ceramic studio, I'm kind of like getting ready. Well, I guess, so some of the direction that my work is going is a lot more about like the things that people make in their garage out of kind of postmodern materiality yeah. um, that like is like easily accessible is kind of supplemented by like new technology, like 3d print, like consumer 3d printing, but also like stuff that you can buy from home Depot or whatever. So right. partially because of the direction that the work is going in and partially just because I know it is less likely that I'll have like a studio with as much resources, with as many resources uh, next year. I'm trying to kind of like condense it in a way that I think is helping with the work a little bit. Um, but I feel like you do, I, from what I've gleaned from like what, I mean, and this is also like a lot of people that we have on the podcast, we just solely know from Instagram. Yeah, so you can sure. only, we can only surmise like what's happening from, what you post on Instagram, yeah. but from what it looks like, it just looks like you do hours and hours and hours of exhaustive research. Yeah, totally. A lot yeah. of research. I mean, most of my work is research, um, mostly into like online subcultures. And then a lot of it is like image collection and like researching, like, like a lot of my time I'll spend like learning a technique, like, and getting good at it. Um, and like doing like multiple trials just for like a single piece on like a small part that I'm pretty printing or something. So sometimes you're an inventor, right? I feel that I'm like, oh man, what is he even doing over there? And then the other thing is that, um, you want to give this information away here it is like, here's how I got here. And it's like, oh shit. You're just like, really gave it away. Okay. Okay. That's brave. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. Cause that's not really, that's not as much. Of, I mean, it may be becoming more of a thing in ceramics, but it really wasn't for a long time. Yeah. It's just, I mean, for me, it's just, it's the, it's the open sourcing of it. That's like powerful. Like that's, that's the whole, that's the coolest part about craft. It's like this kind of like, semi gate kept or like at least there's a sense of stake in the community and then there's kind of the sharing of ideas um so i'm kind of on this kind of on this like pro industrial ceramics tip where kind of the work of the of the laborer under the factory or under the designer is like transferred back to the hand of the artist um through their use of machines or whatever other aid that they can have that's now kind of more freely available Oh, it's like the cycle of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what did you, what, like, what was that actual thing that you made? What was it? Yes. Okay. So, so a few years ago, I had this idea. I, this is, it was so, it was stupid. I had to learn like way too much shit to do it. But like, I had this idea of like these Warhammer figurines that were 3D printed and then China painted. Um, I saw all these parallels between like Warhammer figure painting. Do you guys know what Warhammer is? No. no. You, yeah. You have to, you have to explain yeah. it. So it's this, it's this insane tabletop RPG game. That's like, like hundreds of pieces. Like it's plotted out on a table. You have to use like rulers to play it. It's like, I don't play it, but there's also like this whole like set of lore. And like, there are people who paint these like extremely small figurines. They're like this big. 
I, you can't. It's like a half an inch. An inch. Yeah, they're like 20, 28 millimeters or something. <laughs> they're like, let's just say roughly 28. Let's just say roughly 28 millimeters. <laughs> 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 There's a standard deviation of about like, uh, like three and a half millimeters. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, so, so people were painting these and people paint these in competition. Um, and so the whole world building aspect of the game is this really important part of it. And it's mostly like these like young, pretty disaffected men who like don't have any like normative hobbies that kind of engage in this stuff. So I saw these parables with China painting in America um, in the fifties with like uh, kind of like the spread of the electric kiln across the States um, and like women in the Midwest, like kind of needing a hobby because of kind of the oppressions of uh, like modernism on like in gender roles and stuff. So I wanted to make this thing that kind of married the two by making the Warhammer things out of porcelain. Um, but in order to do that, I had to 3D print Warhammer figurines in porcelain. Um, and it was really expensive. So I just tried to figure it out on my own. And you figured it out. Yeah, I figured so it out. Are you saying that a man can do China painting better than a woman? No, that's yeah. actually the overall no, message yeah. that Harris is trying to. Exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Cool. Um, so now sh should we get into the like the Proud Boy stuff now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, we're all reactionary insults, right? <laughs> so you print like what's the difference between 3D printing the thing and then what you 3D printed? Yeah, so so like what I made was fireable porcelain. So it was like, and so what I wanted to do was like the 3D printers that Keith uses or that like Joe uses or whatever are like really sick, but they're really expensive. And like, I just don't have access to it or like in Keith's case, I don't have the time to make or invent something like that. I'm just like, sure. not enough of that. Um, but this is something that works on like a $100 resin printer that you can just like buy on the internet. Yeah, um, cool. and it's, yeah, I mean, that was the idea is just lowering the barrier for entry with it. And then it goes through a burnout cycle and the kiln. So it's like essentially just porcelain powder mixed with resin. And then I just adjusted settings a bunch such that it like worked. Um, Sick. That's cool. And it did work. Yeah, it did work. Nice. I mean, it's and like, then you I, posted it yeah. on, then you shared it on Glazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause it was just like, I mean, Glazy is like the best resource yeah. in contemporary ceramics. I like, yeah. It's the it's yeah. the best, like it's the best thing to happen to ceramics for sure since I got into it. I, I wrote an essay for this research group that I'm a part of called Do Not Research. Um, and it was all trying to justify why Glazy is like the best thing for the future of craft. It, like, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. It really is. So when you posted it, did you get a lot of like comments and did people, were people going crazy for it or were you, were you just like, okay, there, that's it? Well, I think I was really psyched just to put it out, but yeah, I had, I had a lot of people hit me up who, who are like in the stages of trying it. And I think what I'm most excited about, I mean, what I'm most excited about that has not happened yet is like, nobody's like meaningfully built on the work that I've done, but a lot of people are like in the beginning phases of starting to understand it and the way that. I understand it, um, which is really good. Like the best way that you can build with people is like getting people up to kind of the same base level of understanding of the material. And so I guess I didn't expect it to like, 
become like lightning and everybody starts like 3D printing, like resin 3D printing ceramics. But I just wanted to get the gears moving, I guess, more towards that form of production within ceramic or kind of using these like machines and these like kind of automated systems to help us a little bit more um, without the cost. Yeah. Do you still like to make stuff by hand? Like what's your, what's like the percentage of handmade to computer made, do you think? think? So that's a hard question. So by like handmade, you mean just like physically molding material? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I don't- And do you, do you even care anymore? Well, I think in the machine, I can be just as expressive. Like the only difference is like, I have an undo button um, that like I don't have in reality. Or like, uh, like my friend Brian has this extra VR headset that he's hooking me up with. So I tried like sculpting in VR. And there are just certain things where it's like, it feels more real than reality. And all of these barriers are broken down. So it's like, when I look at the stuff that I'm making in the machine, like it's very difficult to tell like what of it is by hand and what's by not. Like I still press the mouse every time I make like a crease on a face or like a goblin or something, you know? So I don't see there, I don't see there being like kind of this hard distinction between the two. Been listening to the happiness lab. And there's a study that said that if you imagine the thing happening, like if you like really like go in and like really fantasize about the thing, it satisfies your need to actually have the thing. So you don't need the, to do the thing anymore because you've already experienced it. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird VR trippy thing. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. You could just like be the artist that never makes anything because you've just experienced it. Uh, you know what well I mean? That, okay, that used to always be my, like I was never that into sketching and my argument was always like, oh, if I like plot it out too much and I know what it's going to be, then like I'll lose interest in actually making it. But I think it turns out that I just didn't like sketching because I got an iPad that I can draw on yeah. and it's incredible. <laughs> and you can just like, I can just be laying in bed and like do a bunch of work and then just like, tap a couple buttons and move things around and it's like it's the most like freeing and exciting thing I've had come into my studio and I don't know I don't I've never had anything else that's <laughs> in my studio so except for your Nintendo Switch <laughs> yeah that was just a problem that was a real problem for a while <laughs> you're just making I, chip tune and <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had to go to Zelda Anonymous um, <laughs> <laughs> all that said like what do you think is going to happen to craft in general with kind of technology like where do you yeah. think what do you think as like someone who's really deep in craft technology yeah i mean i think i mean my general thought with it is that the what has to happen is like creation of kind of new guild communities uh where we share this collective knowledge and then expropriation of intellectual property from companies. So like companies know how to do all the shit that I'm figuring out how to do. You know what I mean? Like that last mile of development is like really, they're really good at doing that. But like, it's also like really easy for us. It's not easy for us to do, but it's like, I think it's a really worthwhile goal for craft people to do or crafts people to do. So I guess where I see craft going in like an ideal world is like, craft 
craft is kind of this big thing that we do together to determine kind of the productive capacity of our own reality. So like, like together we can kind of like dictate what the world is really like by learning how to make the world that we want to live in. Um, and I know that sounds kind of like flighty and cheesy or whatever, but there's like in a, in a very real material sense, like, like the room that I'm sitting in is all like shit formica and like bent steel, like steel tubes and like injection molded plastic. That's like all identical. It's all like super bad for the environment. Like it's all lame and like everyone knows it's lame and it like sucks. And I would way, I think that increased material engagement with reality, like really making our own world and the environments that we interact with is kind of the future of craft. But do you think, what's the difference then between like craftsperson, artist and designer? There isn't one. I think it's just designers were the thing that capital took. Like capitalism essentially kind of just like said the designer can, like the designer is the thing that the company owns and the designs are the IP of the company. But I really don't think fundamentally there was a difference in the past until kind of like it became incorporated. Okay, I'm into it. I buy it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm yeah, in. let's do it. So, I'm how do, where where do I join? I know. Where yeah, do I, where do I join the guild? <laughs> well, we have to like make Utopia happen first. But uh, yeah. yeah, okay. I'm, well, the earth is burning and whatever, so I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. We better run yeah. out of time. Wait, yeah. Can I still use? Can I? Because I just started occasionally referring to myself as a designer. Can I still use that? Yeah, I don't think there's. I I am pro using the word craftsperson because it's been denigrated for so long. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I, to be I agree. completely I agree honest, that. I just think the term craftsperson is clunky. Like, I, we got to zhuzh it somehow. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's we got to shake it up a little bit. We got it. Yeah. You got to go to the German or something. You have to yeah. like, have like, we got to either like add syllables or take some away. You know, I'm not sure. Which... Work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, at least with Cami. But when I, when I was in grad school, there was a, like an electronic artist who was visiting and I'm just like, so oblivious to so much stuff as, because I blame it on being in North Dakota, but I think I just like, like I just didn't pay attention to like cool things. I don't know. Like I didn't have older siblings. My parents are old, so they were out of the loop, you know, and stuff. But we had this guy and he had like, he like really took an interest in me at one point and he was like trying to help me with stuff. And then he was like, I was like, like, well, you know, asking him questions and he was like, oh, well, I was in this band called Craftwork. And I was like, <laughs> some lame ass art band like i've never heard of this <laughs> oh my god yeah he gave me oh. a bunch of gold leaf it was really nice whoa whoa i don't remember his name god, god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a weird what a weird story Sorry, also a, why is he there's so many weird things about that story why he's was like, he i guess he's like a he's like an electronic artist yeah yeah totally he's like that's not artist, the weird part yeah Weird yeah, electronic. Yeah, electronic art's weird. Yeah, I get it. I guess like I no. It. I guess like why? Like why was he even talking to you? Is the weird part? I don't know. That's crazy. He saw your your like clay work, and he was like, "This would be exactly what it was like if it was like, metal." 
He was like, looking at it, he was like, if it was, if a screen was not a screen, this is exactly what it would be like. That's awesome. Jimmy, did you, did you ever see Devo growing up? No, they were, by the time, by the time I was like old enough, they were sort of already disbanded. But my best friend, Sarah Massaro's mom was a Devo groupie. And um, Sarah basically grew up with Devo and is in their videos and stuff. And there's like a, there's like a picture there's Sarah's in the video in the rock and roll hall of fame. So she's like my best friend from. She's your best friend because of that. She's my best friend from college. (laughs) Yeah. She's my best friend from college. So like, yeah, she's like, you know, she like knows Mark Mothersbaugh and all that stuff. Yeah. They were like gone already, but I mean, we listened to them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like right after. So it was like pretty retro. We're going to like Frank Zappa and stuff. Devo is my main selling point when people ask me why they should come to Kent State. Wait, that's they're a Kent State band? Yeah, they were, they were yeah, they were yeah. Akron, Ohio band. Yeah. There's all these like like red tire stacks all around Akron that are oh. like Devo hats. Yeah, that's Very so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wait, Devo is, is a great is Kent where's Kent? Kent's in Akron? Kent's it's outside Akron. of Akron, yeah. yeah. And Akron is outside of Columbus. Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Akron's like, I don't know exactly how far from Cleveland, but uh, Akron's about like 15, 20 minutes away from Kent. Okay. Um, Akron's yeah. also like 20 minutes away from Cleveland. Yeah. It's like a triangle. Uh, like, but you also live by Ravenna, Ohio, which is not the number one per capita home of witches. Really? Even bigger than. <laughs> wherever ryan rennie's wife is right now i think so yeah salem yeah 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 Yeah, it was like a weird i don't know weird statistic that we like sort of to stay away from ravenna because there were so many witches huh were you were you afraid of witches when you were a kid like did you think that a witch was going to turn you into something if you fucked with them 100 percent. whoa yeah yeah 100 percent. Paris, what do you other than um like things like failure uh what are you most afraid of like sharks i'm not afraid <laughs> of failure <laughs> uh, that's, 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 that's Sorry, that was a that was a personal uh, thing yeah. he's, like, uh, yeah. he's actually like he's like he's like really success <laughs> it's really success. Yeah, uh, i don't know uh that's a really hard question what am i most afraid of i think um like i have visceral fears like i would not like to be like slowly killed like yeah, by like a that sounds bad like a steamroller like that would yeah. be so bad i really don't want that at all <laughs> yeah um, but i think other do you, you want like an existential fear or like how about wait what's your what do you think is your biggest ceramic related fear oh that's a uh, like it could because it could still could be like it could be dying like it you still fell could into, be like, existential your your yeah. best kiln and it was on a real slow program yeah you, your teeth fall happened, out I mean, it's happened to me before but my my worst fear and what i always say is like the worst thing that can happen is i just say like oh the worst thing that can happen is that it explodes and turns into a glass in the walls of the kiln um which is like totally happened to me before like a few yeah. times but it's okay you just clean it up there's like no yeah. i don't know there's no fear man it's just earth it's earth, dude. <laughs> what about are you afraid of are you afraid this is my biggest fear is that i have an old kiln at my studio that's got a cone sitter in it mm-hmm. and there is a timer and i think the timer works 
but is that the cone sitter is going to get stuck yeah and that happened before fire. yeah and then in my head because when it happens in my head it's not like then the kiln just keeps going and it and it's like in the movie alien where mm. the acid just drips through the ship and mm. the kiln just keeps going through the floor of my studio and then <laughs> and then it just like the floor of that studio earth. like you're afraid you're gonna bore a hole <laughs> all of new york city <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. it goes through the subway and yeah then, whoa and yeah. then there's flooding yeah. flash of mass so flooding and it's all it's all because me. of you like doing something embarrassing like you were <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then for some reason i like didn't even realize but there's the the kiln cords like it's like 10 miles long so it just keeps going and going it's still plugged in yeah i don't have any fears like that man okay um yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess my biggest fear would be uh becoming like somebody who just tells people like you're doing it wrong or like that's not the way i do it yeah <laughs> just like just getting caught in this like infinite loop yeah like the have you seen the meme it's like the paralysis demon but or whatever yeah my 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 like greatest fear is like being the sleep paralysis demon but it's just like telling somebody telling me i'm doing it wrong constantly so your oh, biggest yeah. fear is becoming me great <laughs> spotting people from across the street yeah, oh, like, oh, hey, uh. <laughs> you're yes you're fucking that up <laughs> that's gonna be fucked up i don't know you guys have it's license your... i think it's okay mm. yeah, what you have a license, Cami. Yeah, you can tell people. Yeah, Cami. You're like an instructor. Yeah. You can wave. Yeah. An expert in the field. Yeah. I'm an expert at telling people how to live their lives. What do you think is your biggest hope for ceramics? My biggest hope for ceramics is that yeah. um, that it stops trying to be sculpture mm. and it just oh. like does its own thing. That it leans into itself. I don't know. Whoa. I like sculpture, but I just think they do different things. I think the conversations are different. Um, I don't know. I my biggest hope is that everybody learns a lot of stuff about it and like works together and develops kind of a new interesting conversation. Have you ever been to an Inseca? No, and I never will. Yeah. So I was just gonna say, <laughs> Dude, like, if you, like, oh my god, we could have so much fun. At I know, <laughs> but it's totally true. It would be so fun. But if you went to Ensika, you would see clearly that there's no way we're all gonna get along. Yeah, like, I know. But it's, I guess, like the breadth of ceramics yeah. is too big. The aesthetics are too wide. Yeah, you would. There's no way. Like, there's, it's, there's no way. Yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, it's okay for there to be multiple conversations. I think. I think just right now everybody's so concerned about being art like they can't lean into just what they're actually doing like they have to rationalize it in this way because they think art is just higher value yeah so i wish people were just like it's more just like i want people to have more confidence in it and just be like okay and confident having the conversation that they're having i guess but it did uh, yeah it uh it sucked for so long because it was so like stuck in its own world you know and it was like you'd have to go and see like stupid shows like John's big bowls that would just be wood fired big bowls. And you'd be like, mother uh, again, <laughs> again, like, John, come on, John's John. big bowls 17. <laughs> and you'd be like, again, it's just like the, the semicolon and then Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. John's big bowls, Tomoku or like John's big bowls, Shino. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, maybe if it was, I don't know. 
I do, I do just like, I'm so happy that, that more people are coming into it, but yeah, maybe it can just like, now that it's starting to collect more people, it can start to relax a little bit. I wonder it's cause it's still like the hot material, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like painting and the, I don't know. I don't know art history anymore. I just got a minor in it. Anyway. <laughs> so what's so what's happening one of my favorite pieces that you made recently is the gus have you seen this cloud piece of harris's no what is happening with that piece like i've only i haven't seen it in person just seen video of it and pictures of it um i don't understand like what's happening and how you're doing it and is it multiple i don't even want to know i don't even want to know if i want to know but do you want to talk about that piece a little bit yeah sure it's one of my favorite pieces that i made recently as well um so it's just i had this idea i was like laying in bed or something like that and i was like not wanting i had like candidates review or whatever coming up in like a month or so and i felt like i had to make a lot of new work for it and i was like not getting burnt out, but I felt like I was just like pushing this idea till it was kind of overdetermined with some stuff. And I just had this idea and I was like, oh, I just want to make a cloud that goes on for forever. And I'm going to put it in a corner and it's going to be, yeah. 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 I'm just going to put it in a corner and it's just going to be in a corner like perfectly. I was really, I was, I was looking at a lot of like James Terrell's work and some of like Dan Flavin's work, like this activation of space stuff, but I wanted to try and do it digitally um, because I thought it was kind of beautiful for like the GPU to create like this beautiful experience or whatever that acts like that. So I just kept telling everybody, I was like, I'm going to make a cloud. I'm just going to like put it in a corner. And everybody's just like, okay, man, like, <laughs> doesn't sound very interesting. Like, all right. Um, and like, and then I just, I, I spent a lot of time. I made my own projection mapping software for a Raspberry Pi. And then uh, just with like a scripting language and then coded the cloud to just go on essentially forever. And then uh, it's kind of like this, this seamless loop that goes on for kind of like you can't really tell that it's happening. So it's just this cloud that sits there and it just plays for days and days on end. It's Wait, almost... is the cloud changing? What's going on? Yeah, it's like wind is blowing through the cloud. Uh, but oh. The cloud stays static. But it so. looks also like a little, somehow it looks three-dimensional too. So yeah. at the same time, so which the is the- corner. Yeah, because the, the corner. The blue like stays in a way, but then the white in contrast with the blue, like brings it out of the wall wait is there is there like video documentation of it somewhere or no just that uh, picture? it's hard i mean it's hard because yeah. i don't really yeah. get the perspective stuff i think i have some videos on my phone i can send you something gus yeah yeah it's cool because it clearly it it changed cammy's life <laughs> like i i, I didn't I, even tell you about it i haven't <laughs> even mentioned it to you yeah yeah it was like it. yeah i loved it yeah, it was like, whoa. That's sort of true. Cammy's always got those... some weirdo deep cut from people. She's like, that fucking piece, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it really, it's exactly like a piece that I would like, it's like a piece that I would like. Do you try and steal? Like you try yeah, and cut no. it out of the wall. <laughs> like it's so simple that it's just like one of those things that you just hit it. You know what I mean? Thank you, Cammy. I think yeah. it's the best I've had in a long time. <laughs> You're like, that might be the only one, dude. That might be the best one. <laughs> I tried, so I tried making a follow-up to it 
that was grass and it just didn't work. Like it just didn't do the same thing. I tried making this ocean, but then there's this like weird effect that oceans have where like they look like they're inverted if you look at them for too long. So it's like this like really gross, like spongy mass coming back and forth after you look at it for like three minutes and it wasn't good. So I might just make more clouds. See, it might, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you hit it. It's almost like you should do a sound piece instead, you know, as a follow-up piece. Yeah. So I was, I, there was this one piece that I'm in the middle of working on. That's like, I took, there's this bird song database called Xenocanto. And I took all of the starling sounds on it. And I was training this neural network to produce like new bird songs and kind of this seamless loop and i'm working with a friend to try and spatialize it so it's kind of just like you're in kind of this dawn chorus of starlings or whatever um but i don't know we'll see if that uh, ever gets fully made yeah yeah a couple days ago i opened up a jar of commercial glaze and i was like just painting it on one of my pieces and i was like man <laughs> okay this yeah this is I, I'm, I don't even like i'm trying to figure out how to even ask this Woo! question that makes sense but like how much is the like, do you think it, do you think it, that part of the work is like figuring out these really specific ways of working, or is it just that you, is it, is that part of the work or is it that you really just are a curious person or is it that you're just, you just need it to be a certain way and you're like, not gonna, uh, cut corners on it. Cause like so much of the work sounds, it's like, you're like, so then I had to make this, I had to make this resin. I had to invent this resin. And then, and now it's like, <laughs> or I gotta, I had to make my own mapping software. Like it's really, cause I think that like, that's, a, I mean, I like learning new stuff, but I can also get turned off by, and like just bail on a project so easily, but it sounds like you really just get into it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, part of it is like, I'm interested in that like constant expansion as like kind of a subject of the work, but like, yeah, it also just like keeps me interested. Like, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't, I was never like, I didn't go to art school for undergrad. Like I studied philosophy and like, just like always kind of have made art and music and stuff since I was in high school. And like, it just, it, it like, it always was just like, I had some sort of creative output and I had to just keep learning new things to do it. And so like, yeah. I don't know, it's hard. Like I never made kind of traditional ceramics. Like the first ceramics I started making when I got back into it a couple of years ago was like, just like slip dipping Q-tips and making these like hives or whatever. And so like, my exposure to ceramics was always like, since I've been back in ceramics, it's been just like figuring out new stuff and thinking yeah. that was kind of like, that's the whole point of it is like, there's this determinate amount of information in ceramics. Yeah. But like, so you can expand all the way into that determinate amount of information that's like available to you to learn. But then there's like also information that's like not known yet. And then between the determinate amount of information and like where you want to be, there's like this little bit of magic that somewhat involves like you like learning or developing new things or just like taking risks to get to this point of magic or whatever. And so I guess I'm just interested in 
in that point of magic. Otherwise, it just feels boring to me. Uh, when you first got into ceramics, were you just like throwing teapots and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, I made teapots for five years. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Damn it. I wish no. that that was like. I know. I wish that were true. Yeah. No. I had a I had a, a ceramics instructor, Ted Vogel. He was pretty big for a while. Um, Alice and Clark, and I I worked for him for a while, and I would just make like massive heads. I like oh. loved June Kaneko's work when I was in yeah. undergrad. So I was just like, oh sweet, I'm just gonna make like huge heads, and then. Uh, Ted, Ted is like really difficult, was really difficult to work with um, sometimes. So like my second semester that I did ceramics, I was just like trying to not do the assignment as hard as possible. So I would like have to innovate new ways to like do the assignment wrong, but like still get a good grade. Um, so I think that was the beginning. That rebelliousness was like the beginning of ceramics in, in that way. But I don't know. Has it been tricky to be in school when so much of your work is like happening with that? Like, especially in a ceramics department where typically so much work is like you're physically making things and you're sort of like working through these things that the advisors can like come in and look at. Is it hard? Like, has it been weird for you to be in school, like walking through like just ideas and trying to explain like... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, yeah, that yeah. you're like working on a mapping software. Do they, know what, do they understand it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a great question. It's <laughs> a really good question. You're not going to get me in any trouble, Gus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, just no, real I, quick, are your I, professors I, stupid idiots? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just kidding. Yeah. Uh, kidding. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of pushback on it yeah. it's really hard to convince somebody that i'm doing something when i'm just like yeah on a couch in my studio on a laptop yeah. how about this shitty question what is it like to be in critique <laughs> <laughs> what is it like to hey, be wait, wait can I, let's phrase it like this how about the shittiest question we can come up with fucking hit him with it let's hear it <laughs> what's it like to be in, in critique with with your other cohorts and be like yeah, I really like the shape of your bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I will say everybody here is really good. That glaze is cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am so fucking glad that there's nobody here where I have to just be like, where we go from talking about like, that's like uh, hydro dip, studio like, visits with me. Yeah, it's like a, well, no, I mean, it's not bad, but it's like, I mean, you guys deal with other stuff in your work too. Like there's other things that we can talk about. But if I was just like, yeah, this celadon is really getting good carbon. This celadon is fire. so celadon-y. So the the kiln, the kiln was really on, on my side the day that these pieces came out. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, it feels like a prayer, like I can have a prayer session together where they're like the kiln gods were kind like, like you know it was weird around. because yeah. it was like my Birkenstocks were uncomfortable <laughs> that day but it, like I guess that it just I thought it was gonna rain but um, and you know no. how hard body reduction is when you got that barometric pressure and well, when I was in school we had a woman when I was in grad school this woman I think I told this story before like but this one of the one of the cohorts was like 
we were sitting at dinner and she was, I overheard her telling someone that she was revolutionizing ceramics. Actually, you love telling people I love this story that. because it's it. so bananas. So she had a, she had a giant conch shell, giant, like giant, like six feet long conch shell. And she just kept putting more glaze on it. And that was her revolutionizing ceramics. Okay. You know, what's a bummer. And she just dragged that fucking thing out for every critique. And we'd be like, (laughs) nothing changed, dude. Nothing changed. Usually when Cammy tells that story, then I want to ask people like, what are you doing to revolutionize ceramics? (laughs) Um, But Harris is actually, Harris is putting some work into trying to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah. My current work literally is setting ceramics back 50 or 60 years. (laughs) I don't think that's. 100%. But you are actually, you may be, you may be the first person that we've had on that is doing something that we're like, I don't understand. I don't even understand half the things you post on the, on the internet. They're just like esoteric memes. Yeah, it's, I, like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, the reactionary insult part. <laughs> do you run a um, Do you run a ceramic meme account yet? Are you Sir Sir Memex? I am not Sir Memex. Okay. I uh, sometimes contribute memes to a couple other meme pages, but okay. Uh, not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anonymity is cooler than <laughs> than doing it. And I I gotta be honest, I don't follow the ceramics meme pages because it's the same as the Celadon critique. Oh yeah, totally. No good ceramics memes. You get them. They're all, they're all over. I feel like that's a challenge for Gus and I to make some awesome ceramics memes. Really awful ones. And just keep tagging Harris in them. (laughs) The same ones over and over. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Evil ceramics kiln god says. (laughs) Yeah, I think if you lean into cringe with the memes, yeah, I think that's a good move. I think you, okay, so I had this idea that I wanted to do a couple years ago when I was like very bitter about working in a community studio where I would make a bot that crawls Instagram's ceramics hashtag and just post nice glaze. What temperature did you fire? <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's so mean. I thought it would be so funny, but I mean, I it would be, but it's a little bit mean. Yeah. I it's think. mean. Uh, I would love it. I would love it too, but it's too, I think it's too mean. Or like, he would be like, like fuck a, that guy. Yeah. Or make like some, well, I would totally, well, now I can't do it anymore because it's anonymous. Or like make something that like bombs Amico with like, uh, like, um like fake renderings of goopy ceramics and then like try and get a glaze sponsorship or something i can give you the stuff gus yeah this should have been your biggest fear is that you're going to become the next glaze gloop guy (laughs) oh yeah i avoided it i was in the i was in the throes of it yeah me too man you just gotta you just gotta you just gotta let those be dreams you know you just gotta yeah, you just have to walk away. No regrets. No regrets. I will. I yeah. I call it something else, but I call. I I normally call them like cum based ceramics. I knew it was gonna be jizz. Yeah. I knew it was gonna be yeah, jizz related for sure. Okay. <laughs> Pretty soon we're gonna have like ass based ceramics, where it's just like all ass. Like the whole ceramic pot is an ass or something. That's exactly what I'm making right now. I don't even want to talk about it, but I'm not even kidding you. Well, I mean, you could be at the forefront of it. You could I'm good. Yeah, it's just energy ass of ceramics or something. But do you, isn't glaze gloop just the um, crystalline glaze of the 60s? Like, it's just, yeah, it's just that trippy, like, 
We smoked a bunch of weed and I'm just going to stare into the depths of the gloop. Yeah. I think it's like Photoshop. There's a Photoshop obsession. So it's just like, Oh, like drippy. This is an ass piece already. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Ron Lakers has already determined perfect, the game. Yeah. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I think you're right, Cammy. I think it's just, but do you remember how cool it was the first time you saw something gloop you know i know i would like open yeah. the kiln at like con 10 and just like look in and be like oh like con four looks so <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i mean <sighs> i don't know i mean that's yeah that was the that was the best thing is when i learned cone theory because i love that it was called cone theory and then i could just make whatever i wanted then it was just like it was kind of this thing where it was like once i knew how to do it it became less interesting do you want to explain it for everybody or no yeah please cone theory you, you yeah. explained it to me really briefly as we were walking around i think yeah so cone is i don't even i don't even know if it's really called cone theory it is now it, now it is yes so we're we're making future we are revolutionizing ceramics in real time okay yes. so, so cone theory is essentially how cones were made so like do you guys know the history, like the Seeger stole all this stuff? No, I no, not for even years a little told bit. people that Orton invented cones. Yeah, simultaneously, same, oh. similar okay. thing. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so yeah, I know all about it. Uh. Yeah, so so glazes are calculated based on moles um, of material, which is okay. Uh, I don't know what a mole is. Okay, so didn't you take? Can you have to take, like, you have basic like, chemistry? No, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, okay. So there's some amount, there's some number. It's called Avogadro's number. There's. I don't even know who Avogadro is. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that part either. Can okay. I? But, I'm going yeah, okay. to, uh, I'll it, calm down. It's 6.28 times 10 to the 20. I'm going to get this wrong. 10 to the 23rd molecules is what determines something's atomic weight. So that many of some molecule of oxygen or whatever or some atom of oxygen is what determines that element's atomic weight. So when you do chemical reactions, like with glazes or whatever, you can't think just in terms of weight because like the weight of oxygen and the weight of hydrogen or the weight of potassium and the weight of lithium are different things. Like the weight of all the elements is different. So what you have to do, you have to convert into moles, which gives us some sort of sense of equivalency because chemical reactions happen like little tiny machines where things kind of come together in like fitting parts or something like that. So it's all done on what's called a molar basis. So what we do is we take weight of materials, we convert it to moles, and then just take that part for granted. When you okay. use Glazy, it does all the shit for you. That's so, what like okay. the UMF is. Yeah. So okay. the UMF, yeah. So the UMF essentially is a unity molecular formula, which has uh Essentially, the idea is that you have one mole of, of flux, and the normal ratio that you want is 0.3 alkaline metal flux to 0.7 alkaline earth. There's some wiggle room in that. You can have like 0.2 to 0.8 or whatever. But for these initial tests for like comb theory, let's say we just have 0.3 alkaline metal, so like sodium, potassium, lithium, and 0.7 alkaline earth, which is just like all the other fluxes, so like calcium, um, like barium, all that, all that jazz. If you go on a glazy, the red ones are alkaline metal, the blue ones are alkaline earth. So cone theory is essentially the way that we measure temperature in a kiln 
is with different molarities of silica and alumina and the ratio to the fluxes. So we'll say that we have one mole of flux across the board. Cone 10 is 10 moles of silica and one mole of alumina in with that one mole of flux. Cone nine is nine moles of silica, 0.9 moles of alumina in with that one mole of flux. Cone eight is eight moles of silica, 0.8 moles of alumina in with that one mole of flux. Whoa. So it's a ratio of flux to silica and alumina will give you kind of a glossy glaze up the map. Now, the thing to know is that with cone theory or whatever, is it takes about six cones for a cone to go from like totally solid to like totally liquid. So if you want a really good cone 10 glaze and you look on glazy, chances are a really good glaze is gonna have four moles of silica, 0.4 moles of alumina and one mole of flux. If you want like a slightly stiffer glaze, you have like five moles of silica, 0.5 moles of alumina and whatever. Gus, did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> that Wait, actually that... sense or was that like a terrible explanation? No, I think that was, that was a really good. Yeah, it was really yeah. great explanation. Within that, there's all sorts of other stuff. So like matte glazes yeah. have different, you can play with silica to alumina ratios. So you don't have to have it like one mole to 0.1 moles, like all the different ratios will give you like different effects in glazes. They're also like at a certain point, like it just like you can't, your materials like constrain the temperature of glazes you can make. So like at cone three, that's why like all cones below cone three and including cone three are red because they have some iron in it to bump up the flux ratio in comparison yeah. to the other ones. Um, but yeah. So if you wanted to like learn more about this, um, which I'm sure every single one of our five listeners want are going to want to do, where, where would you suggest they start? I would suggest just going on glazing and looking around and looking at the stole chart. And if you find glazes, trying to look at the chemistry with it. Matt Katz has classes. Um, I got them for free when I worked at Harvard, um, which I think is, if you're really interested in it and you really want to learn it, it's worth taking. Um, yeah, I always tell people just to like go poke around on Glazy and ask, like you can you can just ask questions on there. And a lot of times people yeah. will say goofy shit that's not true, but usually when people do, someone happens to see it and correct them. Like it's kind of an amazing... Yeah, Derek is like a fucking hawk, dude. He like yeah. spots the bad info so quickly. And he's like, he's like insanely knowledgeable. Um, so he pretty much, it feels like he just like maintains and educates like half of ceramics on like how glazes work. Yeah. Cause uh, it used to be like, was it potters.org or something that was yeah. the digital fire, digital, well, digital, fire digital fire. I love, but then there's a weird, potters. there's a weird, I think it's potters.org. That was yeah. like a weird thread and or like a forum, you know? Yeah, I know what you okay. mean. It's sun, it's the yellow SVG sun. Yeah, and it gets corner. so wacky on there. And like all of a sudden some guy's like, oh, oh you you got to put two cups of the table salt in your EPK. And you're like, okay, I guess That's so. Like Exactly, I, yeah. exactly yeah. what I went through with my glaze when I was trying to fix it. Oh. I was like, I mean, the some guys like, did you put your left shoe in it? Yet? Yeah, like, seriously, yeah, you're like, what are you saying? You have six different answers for one, and well, this is this, yeah, this is that gulf between like determinate information and magic, which is just like 
it seems like some people just believe there's like more magic (laughs) that like can happen in the world, which is like sick. I'm totally pro magic. Um, But it's really Um, okay. Harris, you have any finishing thoughts about finishing thoughts? The world, the Cammy, her personality. (laughs) No, no, uh, that's. Her new glasses? She got new Probably glasses? Probably not. They look actually old glasses. They're old glasses. But so I I do have like one friend from growing up that occasionally listens to the podcast and he's like, he loves it because we're just like good friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's a supportive, kind person. But uh, he was like, every now and again, you guys will start talking about real ceramic stuff and I just shut it off. And boy he's not going to stand a chance when you start yeah, talking about theory. Theory. <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind of like a monolith <laughs> even i was like i i'm out i'm a head out <laughs> harris uh next time you come to new york come say hi yeah and then sure. we'll see you around the internet um everyone can follow harris at on instagram at loraxed to the max no no <laughs> it's, it's deranged i really shouldn't have changed it but yeah, I, lo- okay. I love it it's it's lore maxed and goblin pilled one um, <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't even fucking close it was like lore yeah, yeah i think you had to like with laura i was like i was like straight up dr seussing you lore it's okay. to the max so it's like lore like lore, like i don't know yeah, Lore Max and Goblin Pilled One. If you just look up Harris Rosenblum, you'll find me. Um, yeah, of course. That's like the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a blast. Thank you yeah, so much. Great. Thank you guys for great having to me. to see you. Yeah. Wait, come back too. to New York. Whoa, we're back, Gus. What did you think of that? I just, I still, I can't get over how much taller he is than I thought he would be, you know? Which I didn't actually find out. I found out before we recorded, I think. (laughs) I think you did did too, but I was more, um, I was more referring to the podcast. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, That was great. It's, I spent so much time thinking about grad school for so many years ceramics grad school specifically that I still just like I'll talk to anybody in grad school or that's thinking about going to grad school I love it I don't know why and we we um were video chatting with him so we got to see the studio a little bit and we got to see a friend of mine who is his um in his year there a friend of mine David from Colorado and the ceramics world's so tiny that just always know somebody and it's it's cool it's great it's really great yeah Yeah. i love it well that was a blast i love talking to harris's work is really um i think you know it's exciting to see what he's doing and it's really really generous that he puts all that information on online for people to just take yeah um it's It's amazing yeah it's really cool All right, Gus, this was a blast. Um, 
let's see each other tomorrow. Okay. I'm in. Okay. Okay. See you. Bye. Bye everyone. Cammy. Thanks Thanks. for listening. Cammy, give me give me one second. I want to throw I want to throw my clothes in the dryer yeah, real quick. Yeah, go for it. I just got to run. It's like two blocks away. No problem. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I just have to go get my keys. I'll be right back. <laughs>